Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Makers.dev podcast. Chris, hello. Happy, uh, what day? Is it Tuesday? Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday back at you. Thank you. Uh, quick update for me. A goal that I set for myself was to beat the 22.4% time efficiency of editing the last episode. I did, and not by nearly as much as I thought I would, uh, but I was 25% efficient this time, which I'm pretty happy about. And I don't know how I would increase that. I'm curious about like outsourcing editing or automating more of it. I'm thinking a lot of the editing is very mechanical of just, okay, if this person's talking, then switch the angle to their view. And if we're in between, if, if person A was talking and now person B is talking, then have a little transition of uh, that we can see both of them. And then after three seconds, switch to person B. Uh, and that just feels like <laughs> a project that I don't need to do, that <laughs> uh, I think it, it might make more sense just to figure out how to hire or outsource editing to, to get someone else to do that. Uh, but I'm, I'm very happy with that. And I'm happy that I'm practicing this workflow of uh, having an interview and uh, producing it into a video that's shareable. Then conversations I'm having are not getting lost into the ether. They're, there's a record of it. And, and I can look back. And that, you mentioned to me this last week that like you rewatched the, the video from last week. And I did the same thing. So like, be reminded of uh, what... The, the intention that we had set for ourselves last week was. So I'm, uh, I'm very much enjoying this process. I, I think it's a thing that I uh, am going to continue feeling excited about continuing. Yeah, it's definitely allowed me to reflect back on like what I was thinking and what I want to do for the week. And uh, it, it has pushed me forward more than I thought it would. So that is good. That was part of the, I mean, that was half the point was to uh, give me motivation and, um, you know, just uh, accountability to continue. So mission accomplished. I think, I think, uh, I think we did it. Let's dive right in. Last week you set development goals, marketing goals, and customer success goals. And I think you were only going to focus on three of those that were the marketing goals uh, of emailing 10, 10 uh, team building consultants, reaching out to the podcast uh, that was talking about the, the 20 person groups and reaching out to the warm leads in your own network. How did that go? Yeah. So it went okay in that I did them. Um, it, I found it very difficult to get the um, team building consultants uh, to respond at all, um, which mm. was kind of interesting to me. That was an interesting, um, you, you know, outcome there. Uh, I think what I realized is like, so, so part of me realized like I have paying customers now and I feel like I'm reaching for this new thing and I, I don't exactly know why, because like I have people paying for it. I have people using it. And so I feel like what I maybe should do instead is just focus on them for a while. Um, I can still reach out to other people, businesses in the background, but like I, I have goals right now. I have things I want to do. And so, you know, I, I guess I don't know why I'm, I'm switching focus other than just, um, you know, my motivation switches between, um, wanting to do different things with the business. So um, that was kind of an interesting realization. So I I think what I need to do is just focus on, I have paying customers asking me for changes now. So I really should mm -hmm. just do those first. Um, yeah. This is something that I struggle with too, in, in almost the exact same uh, context of, I was in a position... Uh, about two years ago, where the most anyone could possibly pay me for file inbox was five hundred dollars a year, and I had people who were paying me thirty dollars a year. 
And the advice that I was getting from people in MicroConf and people who I asked about how do I grow this business were saying to focus on the most valuable customers as defined by who is who's getting the most value out of your product right now. Who are those people who are paying $500 a year instead of $30, uh, $30 a year? Um, and focus on them and double down on them and then, and then find more of them. And uh, I think... I think it was easy for me to to like the customers that you have you already have it's it's uh, it, it feels almost like this abusive relationship of the the people paying me $30 a year were not people that I wanted more of and so but but those were the people sending me the customer support emails and those were the people complaining and uh, that that was sort of the character of who my customer was that anytime I thought about the potential of oh maybe I could charge more uh, I'm reminded of the interaction I have with someone who didn't even want to pay me $30 a year. And I'm like, oh, well, that's clearly way too much. Uh, and so I don't I don't know what the right answer is of uh, the, the balance between the customers that you already have and looking for better customers. I think, I think definitely if you think the lower hanging fruit is in implementing features for the customers that you already have. Oh, well, okay, how about this? It sounds like it sounds like this might be a trap of that development work is much more straightforward. Uh, making new features makes so much more sense than uh, doing marketing or or figuring out how to how to reach out to uh, the team building consultants. Um, I'm I'm curious if you turned your attention to the people currently using Marketplace with the goal of how could you be making more money. What. Do, do you feel like there's a very straightforward path to you could implement features A, B, and C and you would be making this much more money or or this cohort of people would be much more willing to pay for their premium features? What, how are you contextualizing that? So yeah, so part of the reason I want to focus on who I'm currently serving is because I feel like I have a path towards getting more people able to pay me more money, even with mm. just the people who, who are already my audience basically for that. Um so private groups is a big one, which we've talked about, but there are also in the future, I think I want to divide, um, between like sort of this basic events kind of model and more community focused model, um, which is kind of where I was going with the business offering anyway. Um, but I think I can get there through the community route, uh, faster and through my current audience. Um, so to explain that a little bit, like basic events is just like meetup. Essentially you have event, you have a group and you have events. But more community-focused tools are, like, there's a um, a new startup called Circle that has come out. Um, there's Discourse, which has been around forever. Um, and then people use Slack and Discord and stuff for that. But um, there are community-type tools uh, that I know people will pay more money for. Um, and especially will pay on, like, a sliding scale based on how many active users, you know, basically per month they have active members. Um once I accomplish that, then I feel like the jump to business is much cleaner because those are the tools that businesses need to engage their users um, anyway. So that's why I feel like I want to, you know, I, I have the attention of people who I know want to start groups. And so I know I can go, you know, you know, build the tools that they need. Like I, I know what those, what, what, what they're asking me for. So that's why I feel mm -hmm. like maybe I should do that. That makes sense. And that's, that's sort of analogous to exactly what I'm doing for file inbox right now. I feel like I, I have this feature set that uh, would enable future growth. And that, that work for me is just so much more fun too, of 
building features, I feel like I can point tangibly at like, look, this thing couldn't do this thing before, and now <laughs> it can do this thing. So I've, I've done meaningful work. I've, I've uh, made my product better. Um, and I see, I see your, your mentality of, uh, ultimately you want to be jumping into business and there's a core set of features that your current customers are asking for that they would pay for like private groups that are necessary preconditions for getting more valuable customers on business. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, I, I do to be clear. To be clear, I know yeah. that I'm avoiding the work of talking to people, <laughs> um, so so I do recognize that. But but it's also like it's work that I know is going to be need, like need to be done anyway. Like I, I don't have to talk to people to um, know exactly. Or, like I have to talk to people to know exactly what they're going to need. But I do know the base set of features that they will need because they're already there are already products that do those kind of things like Circle and Discourse. Can we do both? Can we can we talk to customers and be implementing these features? I'm I'm thinking of something like maybe can can you pre-sell the features that you're thinking of making? Uh, so before you've even done the work for them, you know that people are going to buy them. Can uh, I'm thinking of something cheeky like maybe uh, either you send out an email or you include a little banner on the bottom of of any notification email that people get of like hey. Uh, <laughs> We have private groups in beta. You don't actually. <laughs> you haven't. You haven't written the feature yet. Uh, if you would like to be part of the beta program, uh, upgrade to the paid plan, and we'll put you on the priority wait list so that you'll be one of the first people to get the to get access to the feature. Uh, not lying, not saying it's already made, but like implying that that this is a thing that already exists. And then, uh, how many how many users do you have right now? How many people can we be playing with? Uh, there are 400 or so people who have started a group and most of them have, you know, abandoned it. <laughs> um, so yeah, about 400 that I could go okay. talk to. And I have more on a list of another 500 or so on a list who said they were interested in receiving updates. So interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay. Well, I, I guess, I guess you can't go badly either way then. Like, yeah, private group seems like the, the premium future to go with. Uh, hmm. What I would love to prevent is the, the trap that I fall into of thinking that there's a set of features that I need to build before I can do marketing. I may be in that trap right now. I'm not sure. And then I put a bunch of work into doing those features and I don't want to finish them because finishing them would mean that I don't know what to do next. So I, I sort of just get caught in the weeds of endlessly polishing, polishing whatever the, the feature set is. Um, and then once I do actually launch it, I'm incredibly disappointed because I had these huge expectations of like, ah, this is the feature that's going to get everyone to use my thing and love it. And then I launched it and like, no one cares. Uh, and I've, I've somehow deluded myself into thinking that that was the thing that would, that would make the difference. Um, so I think that's, that's the, the trap that I would love to try to steer you away, away from is like, can you know for certain before you make a feature that that's a feature that's actually going to move the needle. That's actually a feature that's, that's important to people. Um, and I, I don't know how I would gain that certainty. If private groups are a thing that's just like trivially easy to make and you would enjoy implementing it and uh, it's a thing that you know you'll need eventually, then like, yeah, I guess go for it. That's uh, you, the, the worst case is that you enjoy doing some development work and people don't find it as useful as you thought it would be. Uh, but that's fine. You, you enjoyed it and you made the product a little better. Uh, 
if that's work that you don't necessarily enjoy that is then stopping you from doing things that would actually be growing the company, uh, I think then it would make sense to, to be reallocating attention somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good point. I should think about, yeah, I mean, I should just make sure that I'm still talking to people and that I'm not, yeah, the trap is building features, right? Because it's easy. Um, so yeah, I, I just, yeah. As long as I'm, I love building features. It is so nice. <laughs> it is because uh, you can just build it and stuff works and and yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, okay. So I'll think about this week. This week I'll think about how, like, what metrics or what, what can I do to prevent myself from just building things that that I want to build, um, and then also make sure that I mm. talk to enough people. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So goals for you for next week. Uh, what, what, what are you thinking? Where would you like to be a week from now? Yeah. So I still want to, I had the feature that I haven't built yet, which is, um, I want to combine all my email lists in one place in the app so that I can send like progress updates and stuff. I think that would be useful for things like emailing all the group organizers that ever made a group and say, you know, we have private, you know, private groups coming click here if you want to, you know, be on the, the launch list or something. Um, so I, I know I need to do that. Um, and that's kind of a marketing type thing. Um, that'll help a lot. And then before private groups, I have about a half dozen little, uh, things that I want to get done. So, um, they, they are things that I know need to get done. So, so I should probably do those, uh, before I launch into the next big thing. So call it a, a half dozen little things. Um, and then, one thing we can talk about, we can talk about this after your update if you want, but I have felt uh, procrastination very hard <laughs> this last week. Um, part of it is, so I finished up my consulting gig mostly, um, so that's good, but you know, it's just like the drain of uh, of that going. Uh, US just had their elections. Uh, COVID might have a vaccine, so that is interesting. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard oh. that news. Pfizer... Uh, said that so it's good um but yeah it's all just it's been a it's been a big week for a lot of reasons also i'm still soundproofing my office <laughs> so i still have that going on um yeah so we can talk about all that later but uh i would like to get out of the kind of pro procrastination uh, funk that i've found myself in recently that is so. something that i have thought so much about i think my entire professional career has been focused in different ways on how to get myself to do the things that I want to be doing in the long term, fighting uh, the 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 joke is uh, hard work pays off later, procrastination pays off right now. Uh, fighting this impulse in myself to do the things that I know I want to be doing in the long term, instead of slipping into the much easier YouTube for me. That's uh, a, a thing I'd like to talk about again this week. Uh, of it's it's in the moment if I haven't made every effort possible to to make it easy to do the thing that I want to be doing. Entropy just pulls me down into getting nothing done and slipping into entertainment and, and things that uh, when I look back on how I spent my time uh, for the week, moments when I was focused on things that were not progressing my long-term goals, I regret. Uh, th those are, it's sort of like the way that things had to be. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I think I'm, I'm processing like the feeling of guilt and shame about that uh, in a much more healthy way than I used to. Um, but oh my gosh, the, the 
the, the number of tools that I've built up in this toolkit of how can I get myself to more consistently be doing things that I want to be doing is bigger than any toolkit that I have in my life. Uh, I've, I've spent the, the most amount of time on this problem than probably anything else. Uh, tell me more about your procrastination. How does that, how does that play out? What was, what was like a situation when you felt like you were procrastinating where you, you retrospectively would have liked to have spent your time in a way that you uh, didn't? Sure. So for example, to contact these team building consultants, I, you know, brought up a bunch of tabs where, and I knew I had to get the contact info from these, you know, places. And then that just stayed open for two days and I didn't do it. Mm. And, and I'm not entirely sure why, um, that's, that's like, I need to process through why that happened. But I think that's a feeling that, um, probably everyone has felt at some point, like you have a task, it won't take very long, you know what to do and you just don't want to do it or can't do it for some reason. Yeah. Um, so, so that's an interesting one. And then, so sure. YouTube, YouTube is another one of my vices as well. So you can get, get on there and you just watch whatever for, you know, and, uh, um, they really know how to keep you on the site. So yeah, I mean, 10 of YouTube. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, those two things, like sometimes I have work I know I need to do and I know how to do it and I just don't want to, and I'm not quite sure why, um, I would rather be doing other stuff like uh, development instead of talking to people. Right. Uh, or it's like I get sucked into doing something like YouTube and then, you know, eventually a couple hours go by and, and I have done nothing. Um, yeah. The situation you're describing is something that I have lived through. I, f- I feel seen. Yes. This, this, uh, you, you set up the whole thing, you, you do it perfectly and then you're just staring at it and become frustrated with yourself that you're not like taking the, the action that you think you've made incredibly easy. Uh, and then, yeah, getting, getting sucked into the whirlpool of YouTube and, uh, not being able to, to pull yourself back out to do the work that you want to do. I have two tactics that I'd love to suggest as ways that I have solved this problem for myself. The first one is uh, time boxing of setting an intention for the day. And this is actually something I'd like to be doing myself this next week of uh, an amount of time per task. Not like I want to complete this thing, but I want to spend this much time doing this thing. And what that looks like for me is I set a 25 minute timer. Uh, There's a whole system of this called the Pomodoro timer, but basically you, you set a timer for 25 minutes. And the rule for those 25 minutes is you can either do nothing so you can sit there and just stare at your screen at those 25 tabs open. That's perfectly fine. Or you can work on the task that you've defined for yourself of this is what I want my focus to be for the next 25 minutes. I want to, I want to be contacting these people in each of these tabs. Uh, and that's it. If, if you want to go to YouTube, the 25 minutes doesn't count. You have to reset the timer. Uh, if, if you get distracted and you answer a phone call or you step away for two minutes, so you have to go to the bathroom, it doesn't count. You, you start over. That is so difficult to do. <laughs> and it sounds so simple. But uh, I, I was horrified when I first started doing this of like the number of times my attention is pulled away of any time I get stuck or I don't know what the next thing to do is or I feel frustrated or, or I feel angry. Uh, my brain was just saying like, oh, well, we can just go to YouTube or uh, at the time it was Reddit. I, I had a, a huge problem with Reddit. <laughs> that, was, that was the way that I would fix it. And so having this very simple rule of like, no, 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 25 minutes. That's not that long. Look, look at the timer. Only 17 minutes left. And then after the 17 minutes, then we can go to Reddit. But for the next 17 minutes, I can only do this thing or I can do nothing. I can sit here and just sort of sit in, in, in this space of, uh, of not getting anything done. And that's okay. Uh, that's part of it. Uh, and that has transformed my relationship with that category of task. It's 
it's made it much easier and more straightforward to, to be able to push forward on things that I want to do. Because the deal that I would make with myself feels very reasonable. 25 minutes on the thing, yeah, that's hardly any, that's not even half an hour. Uh, and then after that, I get to do whatever I want. Great. Uh, I'll, I'll just push the YouTube and the Facebook and everything else out 25 minutes and we'll do this. And then I can feel good about myself and I can feel good while watching YouTube instead of feeling guilty. Uh, so that's the technique number one. Technique number two is uh, something that I picked up from Tony Robbins' book, Awaking the Giant Within, that I'm so angry works. It's this idea that after you do a task that you feel uh, anxious about or there, there's some sort of negative feelings in this, for me, the reason I suggest this is when I'm talking to customers specifically, something that I've, I've worked really hard to work through is like, I have a lot of social anxiety around that of uh, who am I to be reaching out to these people? I'm like, they're already paying me money. Why should they give me anything else? And uh, why would they want to talk to me, uh, even though I'm like trying to help them? Uh, and so I can leave those interactions with a very negative feeling. And I've recognized of myself now that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of this biological state machine. I try to go towards good feelings and run away from bad ones. And so the only thing that I need to do to hack my emotions so that I do the things that I want to be doing that I was feeling bad about, like talking with people when that makes me feel anxious is celebrating after I do the thing, which sounds so dumb and I'm so angry that it works. For me, it was answering emails uh, was just like so difficult for me of to, to get started because it's it's sort of this Pandora's box of like, every time I click on an email, it could be someone saying that they want their money back and that they hate me and that I'm bad and that I should go walk into a forest, which I think means kill yourself. That was a, a thing a customer told me once that just like rattled around in my brain for months. Uh, and so... If that's the only emotional state that I'm taking away from doing this task, my brain is now like, whoa, no, 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 no. We don't want to do emails because that's when people tell us to kill ourselves. So let's, we feel bad doing that. Let's, let's walk away from it. But if I can link that instead with, oh, every time after I do my emails, guaranteed 100%, I'm going to do a little dance in my chair and like, listen to this song. <laughs> and it works. And I'm so angry that it works. But like, that's just enough to push me over the, uh, activation energy of uh, doing the things that I want to be doing. Uh, so those are those are two tidbits, two suggestions for things that you uh, you might try this week to uh, help battle this eternal dragon of procrastination. Yeah, I've I've done Pomodoro before, um, and it's it's worked reasonably well. So maybe I should try that again. Um, I've uh, I have not done celebrations after doing things like answering emails. That's an interesting thing to do. Um, it's a little bit like um, you, you, there's all this psychology behind like why you do things. And so, yeah, just like you said, if you always associate negative emotions with something, then you're not going to want to do that thing. Um, so if you can associate positive emotions with it instead, then that's a, a powerful psychological kind of hack. Um, so, so that's, that's an interesting thing. Maybe I'll try, try this week. Um, the other thing I found myself doing is I will switch between periods where I am very introspective and I think, and don't get much done and switch to like hyperproductive mode where I do a lot. Um, hmm. What I found in 2020 is I switched to that hyperproductive mode less and less, which is part of the reason I have found myself getting less done this year, I think. Um, hmm. And so I think if I switch back to things like Pomodoro to more, like if I find myself relying on this, my ability to switch into this hyperproductive mode. And since I can't right now, I think that's when hmm. something like Pomodoro would help focus me more i like that framing of hyperproductive mode i uh i frame that in myself as when i'm feeling more manic uh and i've i have had periods of my life where i'm able to like uh, launch a product in a night 
between like midnight and 6 a.m. I just bang it out. And I had that, I had a conception, I think, of that that was the only time that I could be productive. And so I'm trying to optimize for that. But that is not a sustainable way to do things because then uh, mapping out, okay, yes, I got a lot done on this in this one night, but what did that week look like? And then what did that month look like? Uh, I, I sort of just like consolidated all my productivity into this little tiny tight uh, bundle. And then because it was so compressed, I didn't end up actually getting uh, as much done as I thought I did. So I have shifted my mentality much more towards how can I be consistently doing things and how can I channel, I'm, I still go through sort of that manic energy of the, the hyper productive mode, but I've come to think of that mode as an opportunity to lay the groundwork for consistently getting things done in the future. So, uh, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm manically excited about, uh, oh, I, I want to start a new podcast with my friend, Chris. Uh, one way that I could harness that manic energy would be let's record 10 episodes right now. That would be a way to do it. That's that's sort of like the tactic that I would have taken before when I'm just like blasting out all the work uh, from midnight to 6 a.m. And instead, I've started shifting that manic energy towards how can I create the system so that it makes it easier for me to do this in the future, even if I don't want to do it. So what would that look like? Uh, I take my manic energy and I set up a recurring calendar reminder so that I know I'm going to do it. And I, I lay out a plan of like, uh, the day before I need to write out the things that I want to be talking about with Chris and, uh, oh, let me research the the platform that I'm going to use to, to talk with him. Uh, that's, that's how I've started much more productively handling those, uh, super productive mode waves. And it's, it's worked very well because I, I, uh, how much better is this podcast? Because we have it for, you know, an hour a week instead of <laughs> 10 episodes that were all recorded in a, in a 10 hour stretch. Uh, you you get more out of it and are able to percolate more, and uh, I feel like I feel like I'm able to better harness uh, more of myself than I would uh, in those manically productive modes. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I need to think about that. Figure out how to apply that to my situation. <laughs> I'll I'll add that to my list of uh, tasks this week. I'm excited to hear your updates for uh, how your productivity and procrastination goes this week. All right. Uh, how about you now? So. Last week, you wanted to get file inbox to a point where you could upload files through a serverless architecture. How'd you do on that goal? I did it, and it was it was a uh, it, I won on a on a technicality. I sent you the site, and you uh, <laughs> very justifiably were like, "This looks broken uh, because there's a button there that says upload files, and when you click the button, nothing happens." Uh, but rest assured. <laughs> It sure is moving through the serverless architecture. Uh, I'm I'm medium happy with that, uh, but I in in doing my time evaluation for where I spent time last week, uh, I only spent 141 minutes on my primary task. Uh, even after we had the conversation about that, I, I wanted to be spending more time on that. Uh, we had the conversation about my time tracker and spending time on that, and you were like, oh, I don't know, Christian, use that like as a reward after you've done file inbox. You know what I did not do? I sure didn't do exactly what you recommended. I wish I had. Uh, <laughs> I got caught up in this in this energy uh, of mania of like, ah, I have all these feature ideas for uh, things to do to to improve my time tracker. Uh, I was so shocked seeing these numbers. I spent 144 minutes on file inbox, the main thing that I wanted to do, and the entire week. Like that's that's not that much time. I spent 200 minutes on the time tracker, not even trying to do that, just like for fun as, as uh, doing it, which is the same amount of time that I spent on YouTube. <laughs> I, I spent more time on YouTube than I did on my, on my primary dad. I'm, I'm uh, incredibly frustrated. And so I think, I think my goal for this next week 
is to shift from a goal-oriented focus of like, I want to implement these features. Because I sort of have that roadmap planned out already of uh, I, I want to get the serverless architecture to the same point of, of feature parity as the, as the Rails app is right now. Instead, I'd like to spend more time next week on File Inbox. Uh, so last week, I spent 141 minutes. I would like to, next week, spend at least 180 minutes on File Inbox, marching towards this goal of feature parity with uh, the, the main site. Uh, and that feels very attainable. Uh, I have surgery tomorrow, so that's going to knock me out for a few days. But like, I can do 180 minutes in a day. Uh, that's that's not that much time. So hopefully, I I blast past that goal. Uh, that's that's what I'm thinking about. Uh, how do how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's good. Um, goals can sometimes be tricky because if your goal was to send things through the fire the, through the serverless infrastructure, it's you know, that that's kind of a never ending task almost because sure you get it done, but like you said, the upload button is broken. Okay. Is that part of your task or is that not really part of your task? Yeah. And so I, I think it is a good idea to have this time-based um, goal instead. Yeah. Because then you just, you just keep working on the things that you know are broken and you know, you can feel mm. good. You know, once you hit your time, you can celebrate uh, <laughs> and just like you said. And um, yeah, so I think that's a good goal for the week. Cool. I'll add, I think a way to know if I'm being successful, like a, a, a tangible goal that I can have is I have several users on file inbox that are hitting the upper limits of the infrastructure. Uh, that's part of the motivation behind redoing the infrastructure is uh, being frustrated that I can't help them without uh, fundamentally changing how this is working or like massively scaling up the servers. Um, and so this is not a reasonable goal for this week, uh, but probably for next week, I would love to have the goal of uh, both time-based of like, I want to I want to be spending uh, at least this much time on it. And as a direct measure of success, I would love to have one of those customers using the beta uh, that like they have switched their upload page from the current infrastructure to the beta uh, and they should be seeing much better performance from it. Uh, and the, like the, the file delays should be much lower and, uh, they'll be able to, to upload much bigger files. Uh, and so focusing on that of like the, the, the development that I'm doing is so that those customers, and I have like their names, I, I know who these people are, um, getting them on the beta is, I, it doesn't have to be feature complete. Uh, it just has to be good enough so that it makes sense for them to switch over to the new system. Uh, I think that's what I'm going to be aiming at. Yeah, I think that's good. A good goal. Because I mean, it ties in, you know, it's, it's more, more than just, you want to do this just because it's a neat architectural thing and it's no, I want to, you know, yeah. Make my customers lives materially better by doing this. And so, yeah, having the goal of getting at least one customer on it, I think, uh, is solid. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Um, and then afterwards, love to talk about marketing. How I, I want to be making more money from this. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sort of frustrated that I'm, even spending any effort on this of like, I think, I think if I were, if I were approaching this with the mentality of how can I make money and how can I make more money quickly, I, I would just use the current infrastructure and just deal with the limitations and, uh, work around them. Uh, but I need to, I, I want this to be good. Uh, I, it's just, it's, it's the perfect file inbox. And I, I, uh, in, in, trying to balance 
uh, product market fit with uh, founder market fit and like founder product fit. Uh, I, I want this to be something that I enjoy working on. Uh, and I feel like I'm, I'm sort of in a place that's comfortable enough financially that I, I can afford to be doing this. Uh, and at the same time, I, I feel sort of consistently frustrated with myself that uh, I could be helping a lot more people uh, and money's sort of a, a proxy of uh, how effective I'm being at helping more people. So I'd like to be like... Uh, Within a month, I would I would love for this transition to be done. This is something that I've been kicking around, and I would love for my full attention to be on. How can I be making more money with this uh, now that I've I've done the groundwork necessary that I can feel good about bringing more people on? Uh, so that's a that's a thing I'd love you to pull me back on. <laughs> I I see this being a project that I think I could very easily get caught in the weeds of just trying to make it perfect and uh, never going forward. But I I need to maintain sight on the reason that I'm doing this is so that I can move into marketing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, we alluded to that. Was, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was last week, you know, where I said, you're kind of using this as an excuse to not do the marketing, right? Um, but at the same time, like you said, you have to like what you're working on. And if you really, if, if this is the thing that's stopping you from do the marketing, then, you know, sure, do this first. And then we'll uh, we'll do, you know, whatever comes next for market, marketing-wise afterwards. And, uh, you know, I think that's okay, right? Cool. Sounds good. Uh, I think that's an episode. I have one more fun point, if you'd like to talk about it. Did you watch the new Apple Silicon MacBook Pro event this morning? I didn't. I read the headlines, though. Uh, did you what, order one? What are your thoughts? I sure did. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, I, it seemed like they... Um, it looks really interesting. It seems like they did the low models first. Is that right? And their next chip is going to be for the higher end models. Yeah. Um, so what did you, did you buy the the highest end that they offered for this lower end chip? Is that what you got? I did. I got the MacBook Pro and after I ordered it, I was reading through the specs and realized that it's the same processor and, and the same system on the chip for the Mac mini and the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. And so really? I'm very curious to see benchmarks of, I think the only difference between those three computers is just the thermal uh, systems. And so I'm wondering, do... Are, are you able to tune the Mac mini higher because you can keep it cooler or all are, are all three of these computers going to have the same benchmarks and I should have got the MacBook air because you know, it would be a little bit thinner. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see benchmarks. Uh, I, I saw the air didn't have fans and the MacBook pro did have fans. And I know from previous yeah. Apple products, when you can cool them like with fans or with people sticking them in the freezer um, yeah. that they are able to push the benchmarks a lot, a lot higher. So I think, yeah. Even if it's ex identical hardware, the Pro will be better because you can cool it with the fans. So you'll be able to push it more. That's my sense. That's what I'm hoping. Cool. Uh, more than anything, I'm just very excited to have a computer that's uh, <laughs> capable of going through an entire flow in Final Cut Pro without crashing. Uh, I think compared to the... I have, I have like an i3 in this laptop. It's from late 2016. Uh, and, oh, it's it's... One of the biggest bottlenecks for me right now in recording this type of content uh, of trying to uh, edit it in a way that doesn't drive me insane because the, the computer's freezing and crashing and uh, rendering so slowly. Uh, these processors apparently can chew through like something like four streams of 4K video all, all at the same time. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. They're going to be so, so fast. Uh, cool. Give us all an right. update. That's when you're, I think that's... Uh, you get it. Oh, 
Oh, I will. <laughs> we might have to do a whole episode of how cool my new laptop is. Uh, neat. I think that's an episode. All right. Sounds great. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>